Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to the Once Bitten podcast or welcome if this is your first time of joining us. Joining me on the show today, Scott Sibley from Shamari. I'm sure you've all heard of Shamari by now. If you have not, please go and check them out. Shamari.com, making Bitcoin educational uh, games, books, and uh, much, much more. Plushies, as you're about to find out. And they're going to be at the Miami conference, both Scott and Mallory manning a booth there, which is what this episode is all about with Yusuf from Built With Bitcoin. And they have they have put together uh, just a, a really heartwarming project, which they're going to tell you about. And if you are going to the Miami conference, please can you go over and say hi to the guys. Uh, you don't have to obligate anything further than that. But if this episode inspires you to go over and buy a plushie for them, which is going to, uh, to help their cause of what we're going to talk about today, then that would be very much appreciated by Scott, Mallory, and Yusuf, and of course, the people that they uh, they aim to help. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, I would also like to shill the show sponsors. As you well know, these guys have been supporting the show for a long time. They're Bitcoin-only companies, and that's what I really love about them. SwanBitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. They are a US-based company. You can download their app. You can start stacking Bitcoin with them straight away. You can get directly in touch with the Swan team. They've got financial advisors there to help you understand what Bitcoin is and the different ways you can invest into Bitcoin, whether that is just with your daily or with your monthly or with some kind of big initial buy-in. Relay are a team of Bitcoiners across the pond this side in Europe. That's R-E-L-A-I C-H. Again, same kind of service. Download the app. You can be buying Bitcoin up to a thousand Swiss per day without KYC via your favorite or most used, utilized, useful payment method. And of course, they have their private offering as well, where you can get directly in touch with Benjamin, who's going to walk you all the way through how to self-custody Bitcoin and set your uh, business up on a Bitcoin standard if that is what you're looking to do. Coin Corner also offer the same. Coincorner.com, they're based out of the UK. You can use euros or pounds, so they've got you covered over there. You plebs in the UK, you can just set up, set it and forget it. You auto buys with Coin Corner and you can also smash buy whenever you need to. They are a great team of guys. You can also withdraw over the Lightning Network with one of their bolt cards into one of your own wallets or just use their app directly to pay at merchants that accept Bitcoin that you are supporting. If uh, you want KYC free Bitcoin, you can go to HODL HODL. They're a global peer-to-peer trading and lending platform. Lending is their new flagship project that they are rolling out, something that I think we're going to be talking about a lot more in the next uh, 18 months or so as Bitcoin starts mooning. And some long-time hodlers are going to be looking to make some life-changing decisions. So keep an eye on this space. They also have the Honey Badger, the Baltic Honey Badger conference coming up 3rd of September. 
go get your tickets. They have given me a discount code. The prices have increased, but you can pick up a discount code. Use the code BITTEN when you go to the website and you'll get 10% off for Riga. Make sure you get there. Now, if you want to up your privacy game on the, uh, the Satoshis you have left on, a, on an exchange or an app which you need to withdraw, you can use a CoinJoin service. Wall uh, Wallet of Wasabi is very easy to use. Uh, that's uh, wasabiwallet.io. You download that onto your laptop, create a wallet, run some Satoshis through it, and you've broken that kind of uh, taint, if that's the word you want to use, with the exchange or the app that you've used and you've slightly upped your privacy game. And then there's another hop you've got to make to complete self-storage. And uh, that is best done with the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only hardware wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten and use the code bitten you'll get a 5% discount. Now Miami is just around the corner as this one drops it's in the next few days looking forward to seeing any of you plebs like I said please go and visit Scott and Mallory at their booth go hunt them down go say hi especially if you've listened to this episode and um, make sure as well you use the code bitten if you're going to FOMO in you will get 10% off. Make sure you meet your plebs. We've got BTC Prague coming up. You can use that same code Bitten. And towards the end of the year, we've got Liberty Now Lifetime put on by Free Cities Foundation. Bitten gets you 10% off of that. That's a parallel structures conference where you can go and meet some incredible people put on by Peter Young and Titus Gable from the Free Cities. Download Orange Peel app. Find all the side events in Miami and find your plebs in your hometown. Enjoy this rip with Scott and Yusuf. All right, guys, Yusuf and uh, Scott, we are recording. Nice to uh, nice to meet you, Yusuf, and uh, great to great to be back in touch, Scott. Third time's the charm. Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and Lauren will come and interrupt at some stage. Uh, so uh, I know Scott has been probably prepping himself uh, for the last couple of months. <laughs> Although scared. you've you've faced it down a couple of times in the past. And exactly. you, you will actually get to meet uh, in Miami because uh, she's coming along with me uh, to the uh, to the conference. So we're looking forward to coming and finding um, finding you guys. The funny part is the first time we did this, it was before Lauren even joined the show. So I was one of the ones that she didn't actually ask me a question the first time. Wow, man, that that April, is going back like March to March of twenty twenty. March, yeah, I was going to say February or March of twenty twenty. Yeah, how times have changed. Exactly. We, yeah, things have sped up very, very quickly in the in the world of Bitcoin. All right. Uh, well, for those that don't know, Scott, uh, you know, founder, CEO, inventor, creator of Shamari. Thanks for having me I, I, back on again, and happy to be joined with my friend and, and colleague Yusuf. It's awesome to have all three of us together. Yeah. So, Yusuf. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, introduce yourself to the plebs and for those people who who don't know who you are or what you're doing, and then we'll um, we'll get into it. Uh, I've got a blank page, no notes. Let's let's do it. That's the way to do it. Well, certainly grateful and appreciative to be on the on the call with both of you. Uh, my name is Yusuf Nasari. I'm the co-founder and director of philanthropy for the Bills for Bitcoin Foundation. Uh, when I try to speak about myself, I like to talk about my Bitcoin journey because that's really where, um, you know, the trajectory of my life, uh, you know, shifted in the right direction. Um, so about seven years ago, I was running a fiat-based 
a nonprofit organization called Zamzam Water. And what we did was we built water well projects in Asia and Africa um, in underserved and underprivileged communities. And a lot of our projects were grassroots based and grassroots funded. So we, we had an ongoing project that we were raising funds for and received a very large, significant contribution from a, an anonymous donor. And this anonymous donor uh, contributed using a certain payment method that was flagged by the financial platform that we were using at that time. And so what this required me to do, unfortunately, was to reach out to this individual, uh, you know, thank them for their uh, anticipated contribution, but also in the same email, in the same breath, so to speak, had to ask them if there, were another, if there was another form of payment that they can make uh, for the donation itself. So you can imagine hmm. the level of discomfort that I felt doing this. And so the person responded to me uh, with one, one line, do you accept Bitcoin? Question mark. And so at that time, this is the beginning of 2017. I had absolutely no idea what Bitcoin was. So as anyone else would, I went straight to Google and I, and I, and I Googled and I typed in, what is Bitcoin? Question mark, literally. And as you can imagine, so many different things came up. A lot of positives, a lot of negatives, mainly a lot of FUD uh, around, you know, bio, you know, terrorism and uh, money laundering and, you know, a lot of like nefarious activity. And I thought to myself, well, do I really want to get involved in, in such a currency that has such a negative, you know, um, attachment to it, so to speak, uh, especially in the nonprofit sector, where a lot of the work that we do is based strictly on trust. Mm-hmm. And so what this led me, my curiosity was, I went back and I asked this individual questions and back and forth, he's answering or this person's answering back. And we have this type of peer to peer interaction, so to speak. So I was essentially orange pill and evangelized via email. Um, and the person on the other side of that email was Ray Youssef, who happens to be, you know, uh, the co-founder and executive director of the Built to Bitcoin Foundation. He, um, you know, the co-founder uh, and CEO of Paxful. And so, yeah, since that time, uh, you know, we've been able to build uh, dozens of projects around the world, building schools, water wells, farming systems, um, been, able, been able to affect individuals on four different continents in North America, South America, Africa, Asia, all with this mission of not just hyper-Bitcoinization, because that's important, of course, but also to not forget about the human being that we're, that we're trying to work with here, that we are working with. And how can we create a better quality of life by working with them, not for them? And so there's this type of like mutual relationship that we're trying to build with the work that we're accomplishing. So in essence, you know, a lot of from that email chain, uh, we've been able to now affect the lives of over 250,000 people around the world in these past six to seven years that we've been um, in existence all through the power of Bitcoin. Right, man. That's that's awesome. I, I was just on a, a podcast with Ray uh, and... Um... Yeah, he's a special dude. I can't wait to meet him in uh, in real life. Uh, so it's um it's great, and I know he's going through some personal troubles right now with Paxful and uh, trying to break away from that and and uh, do the right thing by the the people that were using that service. So um, your best wishes. Uh, I hope that goes really well because you you can tell his heart is so huge, and this is an amazing story to have heard and what a guy to have orange pilled you. <laughs> I mean, come on. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite unbelievable because you don't necessarily, you know, um, jump down a rabbit hole uh, with, you know, with someone that has you've never met before based on their word. But it just made a lot of sense as to why why Bitcoin. And I'm sure we'll get you know into that um, in this conversation later on. But, you know, why Bitcoin makes a huge difference in what we're trying to accomplish in the nonprofit world, because it's a very archaic structure when you are speaking about um you know, charity work and philanthropy. And so I, that's why I'm duly as uh, excited and, and, and honored to be a part of a project that we're going to speak about today with Scott and, and how big his heart is and his family's heart is in regards to wanting to be able to serve people around the world, because that's what Bitcoin is all about. It's about a, a universal language that we all speak. And um, it's been great thus far. So very, very excited for the future. Well, let's bring Scott in here because... Somewhere along the lines, you guys met and started conspiring and thinking up of uh, different ways to to help each other and and push out the education of Bitcoin and help people where they need it the most. So how did this meeting occur, Scott? Uh, So I think it's probably been around two years, maybe a little over two years since we first chatted. Uh, Would be my guess, probably sometime in 2021. And you know, I first became aware of the Bitcoin Foundation just through Twitter, um, probably like everything else saw and then at that time um we just had the single game i don't think we had the book out yet it'd be, be my guess goodnight bitcoin was probably close to being released if i had to guess but you know given the fact that we had our educational game um and the fact that yusuf and the team were, were building schools in africa i said you know this this should be a perfect fit um reached out i think through the website or one some other way yusuf responded we jumped on a, a zoom call no, very similar to this um i think at the time yusuf you might have been in la i can't remember um, and, you know, being able to just kind of talk about the, the synergies, it, it would feel like a glove, you know, right off the bat. Um, so, you know, we started off very simply, like we just sent some, some games to Yusuf and he took them down to Africa, um, and started dropping them off at the schools and using them down there with the kids. And then, um, as we started kind of growing our product line, um, first, you know, with Goodnight Bitcoin and then with the second book, We've continued to be able to provide books and games um, to Yusuf and the team to be able to deliver when they're they're down there. Last year um, at the conference in Miami, um, we donated a small percentage of sales that helped contribute partly to building a water well, uh, but that did get built. It wasn't just from us. There was many other people that helped, but being able to to do that. And then um, I know as, as uh, uh, Daniel, you know, people have always asked us about, you know, when plush toys, you know, Lauren always wanted plush toys. And so it's always been in the back of our heads, uh, Mallory and I, but we, as we start thinking more about it, we want to do more than just create another plush toy. And so um, late last year is kind of when the idea popped in my head, you know, there's so much Bitcoin work going on in Africa as a whole. Uh, we have this great partnership with Yusuf um, and the team. Let's find a way to, to merge these things somehow. Um, and that's where, you know, for those that are on the, uh, uh, the video side of this, that's where the, uh, the chamois plushie came about. And so the idea is um, we've created this plush toy with a mission. Um, And that mission is that 21% of the gross sale of every single one of these toys is going to go towards building a water well in Africa. Um, And this is our Satoshi character, for those that know, it's the purple monster. And we've got the the Africa symbol on the coin there um, to symbolize that. So we've modified it a bit to represent the continent that it's on. Um, and so now it'll take about $7,000, um, to, to raise that, um, in Bitcoin, uh, it's about 800 or so toys. Um, we're a little, about a month in, um, and I think we're a little over 600 bucks and we'll get there, obviously excited for the conference next month. 
but the idea is, you know, we're not just going to stop at the water well, uh, but we want to be able to use this to let's build the water well. Let's kill, keep building things in Africa. And as I'm sure Yusuf will touch on, the great thing about what we have on our Shadmarie side is, you know, there's 14 characters and Yusuf is doing work across multiple continents. So we can keep creating these plush toys with different continents attached to them and projects attached to them um, in the years ahead. So that's kind of the behind the scenes, bigger mission that, that Yusuf and I have really, and, and Mallory and the entire teams see where this could all go. That's awesome. Yusuf, and just as we were about to hit record, you had the delivery turn up of uh, how many turned up on your doorstep? I believe we have between 25 and 30 here. And uh, so this is the very first one that I that received and this is a, a long time coming. So there's a lot of hard work, a lot of individuals that are involved in this process. So it's a huge collective effort between not just brands, but just you know the ethos behind what we're all trying to accomplish. And Scott said it beautifully. Um, there's a mission behind this. It's not just about you know making a profit. We are purpose-driven versus profit-driven in all of this because at the end of the day, you know the education around not just Bitcoin but financial literacy is very very important to us, especially for underserved communities and and, and villages around the world. Um, one one beautiful aspect that not a, not a lot of people highlight when it comes to the Bitcoin ecosystem is. When there's an individual that you want to talk to, it's very easy to get a hold of them because everyone is willing, you know, to be proactive in, in in wanting to contribute to the ecosystem in some capacity. So for Scott to reach out to us and entrust what we're doing, um, you know, it's an it's it's a privilege to be able to talk to someone like that. And now look, two years later, um, you know, we're working together on not just one project but multiple projects. And let's see how things can go moving forward. Um, we, you know, as Bitcoiners like there is no market, right? We we are the human beings that push it, right? Everything is about peer to peer. So person to person, people to people, community to community. Um, and as we continue to build on these projects like the chamois or, you know, building water wells or building a new app that can make things easier for individuals to be connected to the, you know, to the, to the global financial system, all of these little puzzle pieces are part of a greater, greater picture, right? Um, where everyone has their place and role and brings value some way, somehow. So uh, we're just doing our small part here. And, and Daniel, we appreciate you for amplifying the work itself uh, on, on yeah, what we're trying to accomplish. And Lauren has just joined us for, for those that are watching on YouTube and, and uh, or Bitcoin TV, I should say. Uh, so yeah, yeah what, well, Lauren, have a look at the plushie. Uh, Yusuf, can you hold one up? Because sure. uh, we see it better on your screen because uh, Scott yeah. gets blurred. Yeah. So we have the embroidered names of both projects that are involved with it, Shamari and Built to Bitcoin Foundation. I mean, these are very high quality, high quality plush toys. So we want this to last for a very, very long time for the students and the children that we're giving them to, but also for the parents to kind of identify with it as well, too, that this product is intended for educational purposes, right? Um, I can't stress enough to you all, taking like Goodnight Bitcoin, for example, to one of our schools in Kenya, I remember it very, very vividly. Um, these are colors and characters that these young students have never been able to see in their lives. Um, just the, the stroke of imagination that, and creativity that it brings for them, that in and of itself is, is a, is a metric, metric of success that I truly believe is important. Um, for them to be able to see um, you know, such bright and colorful you know, images and, um, and reactions, 
is, is something that I know every other book that Sean Marie uh, comes out with uh, will be a huge success for a lot of these young students. Okay, Lauren. So do you have any questions about the plushies? Um, I think you already answered it. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so what's the Okay, now I think I'm I'm thinking of um questions. Well, you you can ask Yusuf your your normal question if you want. Oh, uh, what's your favorite thing about Bitcoin? Oh, wow. Oof. That's a heavy question. Actually, that's pretty easy. What I love about the what I love most about Bitcoin are the people within the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I, that's everybody, basically. I think, um, you know, Matt O'Dell, who we all you know, know and respect um, in, in our space is, is someone that I very, I very much look, look, look up to. Last year at the Bitcoin conference in Miami, he said on the open source stage that Bitcoin without people is just code. And that's something that really reverberates a lot with me is that every time that I go into a new community or every time I meet someone new and Daniel, this is our very first time meeting one another, you know, I, it's, I'm very interested and excited to be able to understand and learn about that person and what brought them to Bitcoin. Right. So it's like, you can understand a person uh, from their background, but what was their journey to Bitcoin? Um, so that's really what I look forward to the most of, of, of learning more about people and what makes them a Bitcoiner, so to speak. Um, so, Lauren, I hope that answers your question. It's it's the people, the people within the Bitcoin space that I that I truly enjoy the most. Oh, same. Well, not that full explanation. I just think they're fun. But <laughs> I like your answer um, better than mine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I forgot the word that I'm supposed to use for this question. Okay. Run it past us. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Why are you deciding to use um, my... What's it called? Oh, like your tagline? Yeah, why is it... tagline. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm just asking. <laughs> well, that was the question I want to ask you. Do we have permission to use your tagline? We haven't used yeah, it yet. Everyone it can up. use it unless they just... You know. It's an open source tagline. There we go. Yeah. So... We'd love to be able to, to use your awesome tagline um, that you, you threw out on that podcast probably like a year or so ago. Um, be able to, to brighten up. I think why is because it was it was kind of a very nice, succinct, and fun way to to think about plushies. So um, it definitely helped stimulate the ideas in the back of our heads to be able to to move forward and create these things. So on one hand, you're a marketing genius. <laughs> Thank you. Do you do you <laughs> actually remember word for word what you said? I I, I think so. Um, Everyone loves Bitcoin. Yeah. Sometimes they would. Sorry, no. Everyone loves Bitcoin so much. Sometimes they want to hug it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That exactly. was it. That was to Jonathan, wasn't it, on uh, the ten thirty one podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and it is true. It is true. Uh, you know, trying to make it because it isn't tangible, right? Yeah. To, to make it uh, to yeah, it's 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 great. And Lena does such a great job with her plushies. They sell like crazy over here in Europe when she hits the conferences. And I'm sure she'll do really well in Miami as well. So fingers crossed you guys are going to do well and uh, manage to sell a lot. That's the goal. And be able to, to chip away a lot of that well um, in a few weeks or so in Miami. Do you have any further questions? Uh, 
Okay, cool. All right. Well, you'll say goodnight to the guys. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. See you in Miami. Great meeting you. Right. So, yeah, to come back to um, Yusuf, what, what you were talking about, uh, like um, philanthropy and uh, the nonprofit sector. And mm -hmm. when you look at what you're doing with, you know, on a Bitcoin kind of standard with the Bitcoin <clears throat> ethos, it's completely different in my eyes to what goes down in the fiat world when we talk about philanthropy and non-profit sector which is basically from what i can figure out just smoke and mirrors for people to make a shit ton of money and um over promise on projects that never actually get built or the money never actually reaches the right people what brought you into that field in the first place and how has transitioning from you know, that, that fiat world of nonprofit and philanthropy to the Bitcoin world, what's different? Where have you grown and, and what do you see now that you look back? For me personally, it begins with, with my own journey. Um, you know, my, my parents uh, came to the United States in 1980 as refugees of Afghanistan uh, due to the invasion uh, of Russia. Um, and so my background there's a, there was a level of understanding. I was very fortunate to see life in a different perspective. Um, uh, growing up in a very low income neighborhood in South Central Los Angeles, it taught me a lot about you know the value valuing not just money but valuing family, valuing communication, valuing security, for that matter. Um, and so, growing up, graduating you know university, um, I was supposed to be on track to become a doctor, a physician. That was the you know the uh, the precipice or epitome, the pinnacle of a immigrant's child was to become an engineer, doctor, or a lawyer. Those are the only three fields that you're allowed mm -hmm. to go into, right? Um, uh, but for me, the first time that I ever stepped foot onto the continent of Africa was through an international development course through my university in 2009. So over 10 years ago, well over 10 years ago. And that's when I saw a lot of similarities to where I where my family grew up in Afghanistan because we would go back and forth uh, quite a bit. So a combination of all of those things um, led me to want to pursue a career in the nonprofit sector because through that international development course, I saw what was what was being done, but more importantly, what wasn't being done. And that's what really bothered me. So if I wanted to seek a career to help people, then I would want to do it in a much more hands-on manner. And in our ethos, in the Bitcoin ethos, you know, don't trust verify is something that I live with on a, on a daily basis. I wanted to be a part of every single project that we accomplished because I knew that people entrusted in me personally and they could come to me to hold me accountable for a project being done. So this is a, an obligation, a responsibility that I, that I carry on my shoulders, um, but it's also something that folks can gravitate towards and be able to see truly that, okay, the Bitcoin standard, regardless of what industry that you're in, is different. And even in the nonprofit sector, which is archaic, it's very traditional, how can we disrupt it? So that's why I, I basically quantify it in two different ways. Charity work is fiat-based work. Philanthropy is Bitcoin-based. Why? When it comes to charity, it's very short-term focused. It's like a Band-Aid effect. Let us just cover this problem up or even just you know, 
push it under the rug and just, you know, explode these budgets uh, and balloon these estimates so that, you know, a lot more attention can be on this on this issue rather than actually solving the issue itself, right? When it comes to philanthropy and the Bitcoin philanthropy that we try to accomplish, there's a lot of long-term sustainable focus, which is why I mentioned earlier in our call that we don't try to be funders for these communities that we work in. We want to work and have a mutual understanding and mutual respect for one another. We want to build communities so they, they don't depend on us, but we want them to become independent themselves. That's why we focus on four main facets within our foundation, four pillars, so to speak. The first one is focusing on the mental health of communities. The second being environmental health. The third being the physical health. And last, but certainly not least, is focusing on the financial health of communities. By and large, many times when it comes to charitable work, organizations are not focusing on teaching people about what money is and what money is supposed to do for them. And that's where the disconnect truly happens. The financial disconnect between the NGO and the community is extremely evident. And the reason being is because some NGOs need those communities to stay in their status quo to bring them relevance and um, uh, value, basically. I'll give you an example. There's a very large, probably one of the largest refugee camps outside of Nairobi called Kibera. And in Kibera, there have been millions, if not billions of dollars invested into that region of the world. But where's all the money going, Daniel? Mm -hmm. Haiti, the small island country of Haiti has the most registered NGOs per square mile on the planet working in it. Where's all the money going, right? So when we're talking about Bitcoin fixes this, Bitcoin truly fixes it, not just because of transactions and confirmations on the blockchain. That's one facet there, right? But I'm talking about the intangible ethos around allowing people to have that sovereignty that they deserve to having that financial freedom that they deserve and then being there to support them when needed voluntarily with resources whether it's access to clean water electricity technology through laptops and internet access um, health insurance for young students living in the community and overarching building schools uh, with huge infrastructures um, and, and, and all the resources needed. So, and that's where we wanted to focus our work in is it doesn't have to be, you know, building entire cities. No, we want to start at the grass, at the grassroots level and then build up from there. So all of these intangibles, so to speak, I learned not just from Bitcoin. I learned it before my time with Bitcoin, but now I can, I've learned how to create a solution through Bitcoin for the individuals in those communities. So it's it's a very deep kind of process when, when, when you think about it, but ultimately corruption is extremely prevalent in this line of work for obvious reasons, right? Whether it's political gain, whether it's just sheer corruption with um, uh, dealing with you know finances and laundering and et cetera, et cetera. At the end of it, we are 
showing a clear-cut superior alternative to the nonprofit sector by, by building on a Bitcoin standard. Now, I'll end on this note. That doesn't necessarily mean that every single community that we work in is using Bitcoin on a daily basis or wants to use Bitcoin on a daily basis. We do not force anyone to utilize any of the platforms, any of the partners that we have, um, or even force Bitcoin down anyone's throat for that matter. Everything has to be on a voluntary basis. So when people come to us and say, I wanna learn more, it's much easier to have that conversation when you can say, oh, this water project that you see, it was built using Bitcoin. This school that your children are going to on a daily basis, learning so that they can uplift themselves from poverty, from, from abject poverty, was built using Bitcoin. It's much easier to have that conversation with those community members because they're able to see it with their own two eyes. Scott, anything to add at this point? No, I think, I mean, Yusuf does a great job of painting the picture of everything. And that's kind of why, um, from our side, over the past couple of years, we've been so passionate about being able to continue to work together and, and grow that partnership. You know, you, you know, to this point, you know, this isn't just somebody in a place like Haiti who's, you know, taking the money in and then doing nothing. You know, we've seen firsthand the pictures and the videos um, and the kids smiling and gather around Yusuf and the other uh, Build with Bitcoin teams just having fun um, and enjoying life. And you could tell how much joy just being there is happening. Um, and so when, you know, from our side of things, that gives us motivation to, to be able to continue to grow the partnership and be able to do this sort of stuff together because we know we're working with people that are like-minded, um, doing things for people that vitally need it um, and, you know, wanting to be able to help out, uh, you know, however we can, bigger, bigger, small. Uh, this will obviously be the, the biggest uh, uh, landmark that we tried to move to be able to, to make happen. But, you know, like, like we know with Bitcoin, everything's possible um, and we know we're going to get there and, and keep building from there. I, yeah, I wanted to ask actually about those uh, emotive reactions you have when you when you get the pictures or the videos, uh, because I know Lucky, uh, he's trying to build his uh, big shout out to Lucky Mukasana. He's trying to build his soccer camp down in um, Zimbabwe, and I remember him posting pictures. He had the Shamri games and he was trying to teach the kids and everything. That must be such an amazing feeling when you when you see your your product and your hard work and the education that it's going to be bringing people out there in the wild yeah i guess it's probably indescribable but you can you can take a whirl at it if you want yeah no i think you um i think what it makes it kind of even probably more than you could have imagine although i guess uh you know for you you have kids of your own as well but it's being able to to share it not only with mallory um, but with Charlotte. So for those that don't know, we have a, a three, almost four-year-old. Um, and, you know, she was the motivation behind everything we built. You know, when, he, when we released the game and started creating the game, I was when Mallory was pregnant because we wanted to try to find a way to ultimately teach her down the line about Bitcoin. Um, and then everything has kind of grown from there. So, you know, she's literally been with Shamari from day one, pre-day one. Um, and so, you know, she thinks of it, you know, you know, daddy's going to work, even though, you know, daddy's going to the work in the, the corner of our bedroom, but she knows, you know, that, that's where, where, where it's happening. Um, she, she knows who Satoshi is. She knows who Hal is because of the names of these characters. Um, and, you know, being able to then share with her to your point, 
the pictures and the videos, not only from, you know, from Yusuf and coming from the team there, but from anywhere, uh, you know, you've sent, you know, the pictures of you guys playing uh, or when you made up that math game a year or two ago, that was similar to yeah. the Shamari. You know, so whether it's people in Africa or wherever around the world, just sending pictures, you know, we show them to her um, and she gets excited um, and she knows that, you know, when she's going to the post office with us and, you know, if you put that package in the box and don't let her, there will be a meltdown because she wants to be the one to, to put it in there. You know, she gets pride in being able to do that. And then on the reverse side, being able for us to say, Hey, look, you know, you know, those deliveries you made, they've, the monster, we quickly say that the monsters have made it to their new home. Um, and here, you know, here's somebody with, uh, nobody had the plushie yet. You know, she's proud that up until right now, she had the only one. Uh, but here's, you know, the books and the games and everything that you help mail out and people are having fun with them. They're smiling. Um, so allowing her to be on that journey uh, is probably what takes it to that next step. Um, and, you know, we're, we're actually, we're bringing her to Miami. I know both of you guys know. Um, so she will be with us in the Shamari booth, um, being able to really see it firsthand, um, the craziest craziness that comes from uh, the conference like that, but it'll be good. Um, she's actually excited. She's going to make some bracelets um, and have them there for, for people to, to sell for whatever donation they want to give her. And those, those stats will be hers. We're going to, we'll set up a little QR code, um, but just a fun way for her to, to start being more involved. Um, it's also been really cool, you know, on the toy, you know, we have that, uh, the continent of Africa on there. And when she first saw it, she said to us, what's, what's that white? Because she knew from the books and the other characters, you know, it wasn't there. And so we explained it to her. We said, you know, that that's Africa. Um, it's a continent. Um, and what were, you know, these toys, when they start, uh, people start buying them, they're going to help build the water well, because we're going to help some people in a community down there, um, get water, clean water uh, for potentially the first time. And no, no joke, whenever people come over, uh, one of the first things over the past few weeks since she's um, had this one, she wants to do is, is show them Satoshi. And she starts rambling off different things from there and says, oh, this, you see this here, this white part, this is Africa, where we're helping to build a water well in Africa so people can have water there. Literally, she just picked that up from us telling her once that right. you know, this is what it's about. So, you know, it that's probably what means the most um to us just kind of being able to let her be involved and see how all this can shape um her life down the line yeah for sure and yusuf when you when you're there when you when you turn up i know you've not done this with the plushies yet that's probably the next trip but when you turn up with the books or the games uh you, you kind of touched on it before that they get around they're they're interested by the colors and stuff but what's um what else is going on uh, like um, with that educational piece? What what kind of vibe are you getting when you're actually boots on the ground and, and surrounded by these kids that are just completely, you know, enthralled with uh, strangers turning up with, uh, with games or books in hand? I mean, it's just like a sheer excitement, you know? Uh, it's one thing to like receive the photos and videos, but you, you both can imagine what it feels like to be there and actually, um, you know, feel the energy of, of, of the students and, you know, how excited they are, um, especially for the community members. You know, a, a lot of our work has to do with community engagement um, and we make a concerted effort to be as involved as much as we possibly can, um, you know, for what the community will allow us to be involved in. 
in the sense of understanding, you know, their, their daily lives of, of, of what they're going through. And, you know, these community engagement events, we have like a DJ that's there, you know, we have tents and chairs for people to sit out in. And we're all just, you know, having a, a great time, but it also provides them an opportunity to speak on behalf of the community and share, you know, kind of their insights and feedback. Um, you know, mainly most of it is, is, is quite, you know, positive, but there's also, you know, some negatives and we take all of that in into consideration. But when it comes to the kids more specifically, um, you know, they're, they're seeing people that they don't see obviously on a daily basis and they're interacting with individuals that they don't see on a daily basis. And that to me is very, um, it's a wholesome moment to say the very least. Um, I get emotional um, when, when, I'm, when I'm starting to leave the, the village um, because you, you both have to understand like there's a, a, a culmination of, of work and logistics um, and time and, and responsibility that's involved with any project that we accomplish. It's not just, all right, let me dig a hole in the ground to build a water well and let me just jet. No, there's a real connection that we have with these individuals. And that's really, truly what the difference is. Um, some may say it's not, a, it's not good to get too attached, but I say the complete opposite. In fact, I've learned so much from these individuals, from being connected with them. You know, we, we, there's, I always use uh, one mother as an example. Her name is Immaculate. So the very first school that we ever built, Daniel, was in Rwanda in 2017. And we built uh, schools in Rwanda, Kenya, South Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, and El Salvador. And Rwanda was the very first school that we ever built. And one of the mothers whose children attended the school, up until today, five of her kids, all five of her children have attended our school. So we, we look at her as, you know, uh, Mother Immaculate, basically. She's the mother hen of the entire community. So she's kind of like our liaison, our communicator, um, our community manager, so to speak, right? Where we, we speak to her and communicate with her. So all the needs, all the issues, all the benefits and the pros, as well as the cons um, that the community may be going through, she facilitates that conversation with us. Um, because the more we, information that we have, the better we can serve the students, ultimately, the, their children, right? And that's a huge responsibility that we take upon ourselves. So to have a resource like the Shamari line, whether it's through the game, through the book, now through these plushies and whatever else we come up with, there's a level of comfort that these young children can learn Bitcoin through. Because Bitcoin is a very complex concept, as it should be, right? But it doesn't mean that we can present it in a complex way. We have to simplify Bitcoin for for individuals so that 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 adoption can come naturally and organically, right? Um, and so when doing that, we've learned along the way, like what works and what doesn't work, which community can gravitate towards this model versus this model. So it's always like a trial and error. But I know with the trading card game, that in the book itself has been a, a, a huge success when it comes to a level of excitement for the kids. And, and I look forward to having the second book there as well to be able to share with them. Uh, and because uh, I haven't had a chance to, um, you know, do reading time with them with, with the second book just yet. So to see the first book, then now be introduced to the second book, it just serves a purpose for having a lineup of books, I hope, Scott, for us to, you know, <laughs> to be able to share down, you know, down the line with them. Because for them, it's always like, okay, we had this one already. We built trust with this product. 
now we want to see what 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 new is coming and we got to continue to to bring all the content for them that's a good so, reminder i need to get some of those books uh in you like into the mail so for next week yeah yeah monday monday yeah. i leave on monday mate i'll get them I'll today yeah get send charlotte down there right now <laughs> exactly <laughs> <Parasol>. <laughs> yeah uh how difficult was it to make a plushie this isn't something <laughs> you just sewed together like what the hell what what kind of process did you have to go through oh, scott yeah. take, take this scott <laughs> <laughs> oh well it was all charlotte we just she's actually <laughs> so i you know probably not cps will be here soon to uh <laughs> to ask right now i know um <laughs> The funny thing is, so obviously creating a book and then creating a game and then creating a plushie, they're all different things. Um, but once you do one of them, like I mean, anything else, you kind of get the the comfort of knowing you can do it. Um, it's just figuring out how and, and the differences. So the plushie, um, you know, it was actually probably on some hands the easiest in the sense that, you know, we have the characters. So that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. Uh from there, it's okay, you know, how are you, where is it getting manufactured? Um, I guess before that, you know, how are we modifying this design to, to fit the Africa theme? So we had a few different um, options there that we that we played played with. Um, the hardest part was probably, and Yusuf mentioned this this earlier, is we didn't want to just, you know, create kind of a status quo uh, plush. We wanted it to, to look and feel like something that was going to last a long time uh, and not just kind of fall apart, obviously. that We've done that with all our products as for people that have held them before, you know, our our card games printed on super thick stock, same with the books, um, that sort of stuff. So that, that you know, we'll go the extra mile, hopefully, to, to pay the co- extra cost for that quality um, uh, on that side of things. So, you know, step one was creating that design and then going through the manufacturing process. It, all, from beginning to end, I want to say it took probably about three months um, uh, to figure it all out and, and get the, the sample here um, about a, a month or so ago. And, you know... It's a it's an overseas project, so part of it is you know figuring out the customs and how long is it going to take to get everywhere. We've got a these things are flying all over the world right now, so we've got this the one this is the first sample that Charlotte has, um, and then the ones that Yusuf got we we expect expedited uh, to him directly to Texas to make sure they got there in time for his trip next week. Um, we've got another um, 150 or so that are going straight to Miami, um, so right. if you'll be in Miami. Um, they will knock on wood. They're not there yet, but knock on wood. Um, they'll be there waiting for us uh, in a few weeks when we arrive. And then the rest uh, we've got coming here to San Diego and those will be fulfilling the the pre-orders and then any future orders that we have. And then there'll also be knock on wood, some meeting Yusuf in Prague um, for, for BTC Prague. So these things are currently uh, being created and, and shipped around the world, um, which has been a fun logistical um problem to to figure out um but you know we're we're making it happen and you know it so far so good so what's the how can the plebs help what's the um what what's the the scheme here how, how can we help get these into the, the hands of those kids that are going to love it and learn from it so two easy ways. So one is, you know, if you have kids or no kids yourself or just want one, um, you know, you can come. Everything's through our website. So shamari.com or if you you hit up Yusuf's website, you'll find the links there and they'll, they'll direct you over to us. Um, you'll see the options to, to purchase a plush toy. 
Uh, right now, you'll see that the ones through the website are, are marked as pre-order. So get yours in now um, and you'll be able to, to have one of those first shipments that, that go out um, here in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully there's a chance they might come before the conference um, here in San Diego and we'll start sending, if not right after. So that's one easy way if you want some yourself. Uh, but the second easy way is, you know, maybe you don't have kids or no kids yourself that you want to give these to. Uh, we've created a gifting option. Um, and with that, what happens is you're, you'll are you be able to purchase these plushies uh, to help build the water well. So the same uh, donation is going straight to the water well to be able to get that built. But we'll also be donating the plush that you purchased um, directly to uh, a child in Africa. So we're coordinating everything with Yusuf. We'll on our side of things, we'll handle all the delivery and everything. So you don't have to worry about anything, but you purchase one or more, uh, we'll send them off, uh, get them down to Africa and be able to, to get them in the hands of the kids down there. And for that, you know, if you're just an individual out there, you can purchase one or two and make that happen. Or the, you know, the really big calling card, if, if you're a whale or even more so, if you're a company in the Bitcoin space and you want to try to find a way to give back, uh, we have a bundle option. And so with that bundle, um, you will purchase uh, 25 plushies um, from the Shamri side of things. We'll toss in an extra five on our behalf. So a bundle of 30. So essentially a class. Um, and those 30 will mm -hmm. get gifted off to the kids down there, uh, along with the donation. And as well, uh, we'll send one to you for thanks for, for doing that. So you can display it in your office or at your home, um, as well as um, we'll promote your, your company and branding um, on our website to be able as a thank you, to be able to say, hey, these are the companies that are really supporting the space um, and being able to help us do this. So, you know, to really, to get across uh, the finish line for this, well, it'll be a combination of things. You know, obviously uh, Bitcoin Miami is going to be big. Uh, Bitcoin Pro, where, where Yusuf will be, he'll also be at the Oslo Freedom Forum um, directly after that, as well as a conference in, in Paris. Um, so those are some physical ways to pick them up. But, you know, putting the calling card out there, um, anybody in uh, Daniel's Rolodex, do you think that would help on the company side of things, you know, have those companies in the space help support this awesome product uh, project uh, would go a long way for, you know, big thanks from Yusuf and I to be able to not only help build the well, but deliver these plushies to the kids down there. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll help promote your brand as much as possible as well. Uh, the last thing is when it gets delivered, Yusuf and the team, they're going to video it all. Um, and create a nice, um, you know, photos and images and videos that we'll we'll post and share with you, so that you can, um, you know, have that warm fuzzy feeling as well. Absolutely. Yusuf, anything to add there? Yeah, um, I mean, Scott speaks so so well with everything. You know, explaining it all. I just to add, this first batch of twenty five to thirty uh, shamis that we have was donated by by our brother Ray. So I'm delivering these personally um, for our trip, uh, for this trip for an entire classroom. And so if we can get individuals, all the plebs all around the world to contribute, uh, you know, small amounts here and there, we can truly be able to deliver these to not only just one classroom, but all the classrooms in all the built-up Bitcoin schools. And, um, you know, I, it would be amazing for us to be able to raise the funds uh, before the conference itself. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that, that's optimistic, obviously, but right after the conference, um, for example, last year, uh, as Scott had mentioned, we sold a ton of merchandise shirts, you know, water bottles. Um, and we got a huge contribution from Scott and Mallory, uh, and Charlotte. Um, and we built a water well project in Nigeria, in Kogi state, Nigeria, um, less than three weeks after the conference finished. Um, and so now with, um, with the Satoshi plushies, we want to be able to serve another country on the continent itself. Obviously, 
to reflect, you know, where this um, chamois is coming from. But, you know, as we continue moving forward and have um, the plush toys from different continents, then, you know, those respective continents will receive a water well project through, um, uh, through that project as well, too. So all in all, getting a great product, spreading Bitcoin, you know, adoption and education, and then also access to clean water. It's like a win-win situation for everybody uh, throughout this entire process. And the, it's 7,000 again, give or take? The... Correct. Yeah. And we, the, the price point in the budget around that it signifies we don't have the exact location at this very moment in time. And depending on the location of the country, the topography, the time of year, all those kinds of things are variables and factors into how much a water project can cost. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be have a very conservative amount um, and have that 7,000 there. Um, but, you know, I have full faith in our community that we'll get there and, and hopefully oh, yeah. exceed that amount. I have no doubt. I have no doubt at all. Uh, yeah. So let, let's talk about I was going to add, if for some reason it ended up costing less, obviously the money is still going to, it'll just roll into that next project. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Rolling forward. So we'll be transparent on the back end of, you know, what ended up cost and then, you know, how much is funded for that that next project. And that's what I wanted to ask the next question there, Yusuf, because like uh, you you said something about it earlier. Uh, There we go. Am I back? Am I back? Yeah, right you, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about like the logistics, the actual logistics of how this happens. Like, it's not like, uh, yay, we got seven grand and a water water. We're going to build a water well. Like, um, wh- how do you even start like greasing the wheels of that operation? Because you you clearly have to like, use uh, local knowledge. I'm assuming local engineers. Uh, you've got to get equipment in place. Um, what what is that process? So, as I mentioned earlier, um, I used to run a, a fiat based uh, nonprofit organization called Zamzam Water, and that was another nonprofit that I started myself. So, between the two organizations, BWB and Zamzam, um, I've been a part of and built over two hundred and fifty water projects around the world. So every single project itself has its own story, has its own you know journey, own experience. Um, but mainly, the reason why we have not um, announced where we're going to build is because I haven't been on the ground yet. And so until I'm on the ground and I can negotiate and confirm the amount of the budget, the location itself, who we're going to be able to utilize, how long it's going to take, we don't like to release information that way. And so... I'm as I leave next week for a couple of weeks, you know, I'll be able to come back with some real tangible results and examples or options, I should say, of places that we we can build a project in. And that will allow us to, uh, you know, a better trajectory, I should say, um, or direction for us to be able to go in with uh, where we're going to build the water well. But as you said, there's a lot of intricacies, a lot of complexities and nuances associated with a water well project depends on the community itself, um, depends on the time of the year, uh, the drillers that we're utilizing, the type of experience that they have, and then also the level of engagement that the community will have in preserving the water well. This is something that not a lot of folks truly think about in that I have built projects in the past where communities themselves have have destroyed them, whether it was because 
uh, nefarious activity, whether it was because they wanted to break projects down for parts um, and melt it down for the metals, um, for money, whatever it may be. In, in, in the early years, as I was doing this, there was a lot of learning that I had to do, a lot of trial and error. So now we are very meticulous in vetting the communities that we want to build in to have a sense of um, a, a mutual relationship with them and understanding that once this project is completed and, and functional, it is going to be the, res like the responsibility of the projects and its maintenance falls upon the community itself. And if they do not maintain it and sustain it, then that means that that project is not going to be working moving forward. This gives a level of empowerment. It gives a level of purpose. Um, and it also uh, subjects uh, us to not have to be uh, the ultimate funders, right? We want to create independent communities here, right? Again, that whole notion of I'm the savior, I will fix the problem that you have, and I will always be the fixer of all of your problems. That's not the mentality that we work in, and we've never worked in that mentality before. So um, there's a lot that goes into it, uh, in short, uh, for, for, for from logistics, expenses, um, individuals and expertise that are involved with it. Um, so it's not just about the budget. There's so many other factors that are involved in the process. Are these negotiations done in English, or do you have a translator, or it's a mix of both that so it depends. So in a lot of the places that I work in, that we work in, um, I have a network of team members on the ground because it's important for me not to be the one who's leading the conversation. Um, I cannot be seen as the person who's coming from overseas and has all of the answers. That's not what we're about. You know? And I will tell you this much. If you ever try to go into a community, especially in Africa, thinking that you know all the answers, you will be humbled very quickly, my friend. Okay? Very quickly. Um, and so as it should be, Right. So we deal with a lot of natives um, and, and that's actually all we deal with. So to be honest with you, I never go through other partner pro uh, NGOs on the ground. I just go into communities and I learned that way from the very beginning of like, OK, this worked and this didn't work. This conversation, you know, this is how we should um, direct our conversation. And this is how we shouldn't. Um, and so I was literally going with my, my, my fellow colleagues in negotiating those prices uh, in person. And that's what really mattered the most, like that peer to peer kind of interaction that you have, uh, or transaction, interaction, conversation, however you want to, you know, um, uh, say it, but the, the, the native language is the most important tongue, uh, uh, in, in language that you can speak. Um, and, and for us building the relationships with people that look like them, speak like them and understand what their daily situation is like that has been a huge metric of success for us in accomplishing our projects i've had yeah. obi on the show before and like Freddie Mint mm. just keeps coming up in my mind like you're talking about communities and having uh what what did you say her name was mama mother I, I, uh... immaculate immaculate mother immaculate. yeah mama I, yeah mother immaculate and i'm just thinking wow now it all makes so much sense that when that community moves to a Bitcoin standard and everybody wants to be accepting Bitcoin and in, you know um, either investing or utilizing Bitcoin day to day, that Fediment plugin and uh, with somebody like that, the, the mother hen, who um, who can, who can be educated and brought up to speed and then can do that within the community and 
not hold that's not the right word because that seems too centralized but be that be that person that can um you know be, be the the walking private key sort of thing uh you know that have you had conversations with um with those guys uh is there any kind of work that you can do together it's actually uh, ironic that you bring up Fede because uh, Renata Rodriguez, who heads their global education, uh, and Scott knows her very well as well. Excuse me, she's been a huge advocate um, and volunteered with the work that we've done at, at BWB. And so, Fediment is 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 a clear uh, a clear solution to issues that are happening on the ground there. And as as a plugin, um, as a direct plugin, it is going to be crucial. Um, for them, uh, and it's going to be extremely successful, I should say. The communities that we work in, there's a, there's a level of decorum and etiquette that one needs to understand that for us, Bitcoin may seem so interesting um, and um, important, which it is, but for them, everything is about functionality. Many of us think more so about the technology and why it makes it superior, but the functionality is truly what makes it superior, right? And so for us, when we're having our conversations with people on the ground, the focus is more so on the convenience functionality perspective versus just the technology, right? And from a functionality perspective, community-based, anything community-based is gonna thrive uh, in, in the global South, for example, in the developing world, in the emerging world, however you wanna, distinguish it and determine it. Everything that revolves around the community, because those are the people that they see every single day. They break bread with them. Their children are seen after them. They, When there's problems and issues, they go to them uh, for help and support. Um, you know, people are getting married with one, neighbors are getting married with one another, et cetera, et cetera. They're, you know, they're cooking with, with one another. So everything happens from a community base basis, right? So to have one person or two or three people to hold on to certain pieces of information, it may seem foreign to you and I or to us on this call, but to them, that is a reality. That is their everyday life, right? Um, and so I'm not saying for individuals to give their private keys to someone else, but there's a, there's a level of community-based custody that is a clear... Given my experience, I, I only speak on, on, on behalf of my own self, obviously, in my experience, there's a clear line of success for community-based custody and community-based projects. That, that, that's bar none. There, there's nothing that, that goes alongside, beside it. Um, and that's why I feel our foundation has been so successful in building these relationships because it involves the entire community, not just one or two households. Um, and I think what Fediment is doing is very, very special. And I and I and I wish Renata and Obi and all of them absolute success. And there is no doubt in my mind that there will be working synergies for us uh, um, in the near future. I, I will leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add, Desco? Uh, we'd love some uh, some Fetty delivered uh, chamois um, on behalf of them as well. That'd so. be awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Renata. Where are you at? Yep. Yeah. Come on. I, I mean, I know Obi still listens to the show after being the, the first person to ever sponsor it. So come on, Obi, Let, let's get that bundle package uh, with Fetty Mint uh, over to uh, over to Scott and Yusuf to, to hand out to the, the communities. So, Scott, 
when Africa? When are you going? Yeah, that's Scott. Uh, when? <laughs> trust me, you, that's not the first time Yusuf, Yusuf has asked. You know, we definitely want to get down there um, and and make it happen. So who knows? Maybe by the time this this well is built, we'll be able to go see it live, and you know, um, you know, just I can imagine what that would uh, what that would be like. Um, but yeah, you know, we we love traveling, as I know Daniel knows and, and Yusuf, so we want to be down there as, as soon as possible. Awesome. And Yusuf, if anybody listening wants to not only donate, but has been lit up by what you're talking about, uh, are you looking for volunteers? Are you? Do you need extra hands? How can anybody actually, um, you know, can can people get on a plane, come meet you, or go to one of the villages? Is there is there any on the ground work that uh, that you know, good willing plebs can can help out with? I would say D, all of the above. Uh, 100%, uh, surely. Uh, in, in fact, you all, you both were speaking about Lucky uh, in, in the beginning of the conversation. You know, Scott connected me with Lucky and you know, he's got a lot of ties and connections to Zimbabwe. And that's some an area of, of the continent and the world that we're very much looking forward to, to be able to, to work in potentially. As far as volunteer work, we are, we are never denying anyone, uh, you know, wanting to help out in some kind of way. In fact, much of the connections that I've been able to make on the ground has come through a reference or word of mouth from somebody else because this person trusted that person and they trusted them enough to connect me to them or one of our volunteers to them for us to be able to build a connection and relationship. And that has turned into lifelong friendships uh, and, 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 and working in, uh, working connections. So, for an individual to want to jump on a plane, uh, that sounds like a Bitcoiner to me, um, and, you know, and blindly want to come and support and work. In fact, uh, some folks have even come, uh, visited our schools in El Salvador, helped us repaint it while, while we were there, uh, right before the Adopting Bitcoin conference in, I believe it was November or October of 2021, um, if my memory doesn't uh, escape me. So there have been a multitude of opportunities for folks, but to be honest with you, the easiest and most um, beneficial way for folks to support what we do is to raise, raise awareness of what we're accomplishing, not just donations. I'm talking about learning about the projects, learning about the work that we do, and then sharing it with their own networks because that ripple effect of, of, of support, not just financially speaking, not just with SATs, but more so through word of mouth, has become a very uh, a be beneficial aspect of, of the success of our foundation. So whether it's following us on Twitter, sharing some of the content that we have, uh, going onto our website and just seeing the kind of work that we're doing and even reaching out to us to make improvements. How can we improve on these projects or give us advice, insight, feedback? We're open and, and welcoming to all of it. Um, in, in fact, Scott and I are in deep talks of talking about how we can create a way for folks to be able to visit those projects that they supported, whether it's in Latin America, El Salvador, for example, or Brazil, um, Kenya, maybe even Zimbabwe can be the very first water project that we accomplish with this. You never know. It just, and sometimes the stars just align um, and uh, there's some divine intervention or, you know, how is just smiling down from, from, from heaven onto us and, you know, spreading that goodness. So all in all, everything is welcomed at any point in time and our DMS and our mentions are always open. 
Are you going to be at the, the conference yourself? In Miami? Yeah. If they let me in, 100%. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, I will be. Yeah, 100%. Excellent. So people can... I was just going uh, to add for the on the travel side of things. I, I assume you, said you probably know this, but uh, another mutual contact that I introduced you to is Master Guantai, who is active on Twitter. And I know that he's working to help uh, create a company uh, that will help facilitate those who are traveling to Africa and wanting to visit um, the sites that Yusuf's working on and that sort of thing. So um, he's another, if you're looking to go to Africa, obviously you know, reach out to Yusuf. Uh, I'm happy to make a contact, but uh, Master Guantai on Twitter also is another mutual contact that can help out with those, um, those pro- that, that process. Absolutely. Right. Guantai has started something called Bitcoin Matatu and uh, taking right. Bitcoin tours around around the continent. It's an amazing, amazing initiative and we're clear supporters of it. Um, so thanks for bringing that up, Scott. Sorry to cut you off, Daniel. No, no, that's fine. I, I was just going to say, if you guys, well, I know Scott, you're, you're going to be there, the three of you and Yusuf, if you're going to be there, then uh, the plebs can just come up and tap you on the shoulder, ask about uh, how they can help. And um, I'll, I'll be... My 17-year-old daughter's coming too, and she's planning on a gap year. So I'll be pushing her in your direction. It's like, go hang with these guys and uh, and see if there's any voluntary work you can get into and go and have a real experience and, and see some parts of the world and hang with Bitcoiners and you know actually feel the philanthropic nature of, um, of, of what you're trying to achieve. It'd be amazing. Absolutely. Anytime. We're there. Anytime. All right, guys. Is there anything we did not touch on that uh, we, we need to uh, do a little bit of justice to? I think we did a good job of of covering their basis from from our side of things, at least my side. Absolutely, this was this was amazing, very fun. Thank you again, Daniel, for having us on, giving us this platform to talk about this this amazing work uh, that we're very proud of. So, truly an honor. Well, don't think you're off the hook just yet. Scott knows what's coming. Uh-oh. 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 So, so uh, who's going first? Uh, I'll go first just to give you some time in case he's not in case he's not ready. Okay. All right. If you had just one last orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? So I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about this for probably about a month since we uh, <laughs> <laughs> set up the call since the third time you have to answer as i know andy enstrom um, has difficulty every time he's on every every quarter um so you know the first time i went down the path of you know i wanted some sort of athlete uh to have i think i said you know somebody like lebron james mm-hmm. um just to, to get that word out uh last time i actually said charlotte not for her spreading it but for more, her to understand it um down the line and so i've gone back and forth a few times but i think i'm gonna throw a name out there that maybe a lot of people don't know, but uh, his name is Bob Iger. Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. CEO of Disney. Correct. Very yeah. smart. Very yeah. good. That's yeah. awesome. So he, he left. He came back recently, I believe. Um, and so Thank goodness. As I, thought, yep, I thought more about it. I said, you know, somebody like that um, who has obviously the uh, the minds and the hearts of, of kids around the world um, and through, you know, videos and amusement parks and plush toys and, uh, that sort of thing. But, um, as we can kind of start infiltrating that side of things, um, slowly, but surely, I think would do a, a large justice in that longer term horizon to helping kids become more aware of Bitcoin, understand it, comfortable with it, think of it as a fun thing. 
um, you know, Bob, if you're out there, you're welcome to uh, to license the monsters. And start <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine that a bunch of grown men plebs running around Disneyland trying to get the autograph of the uh, the chamois that exactly. are walking around like next to Mickey and. <laughs> exactly maybe i'll be inside and i'll pop my head out or something yeah um it would be yeah, toma that. it would be toma like toma strolight would be like rugby tackling you guys you know trying <laughs> to get the uh... <laughs> yeah we'll have to we'll have to think of what the uh the first uh shamari monster ride would would be like we'll we'll come up with something good but yeah <laughs> a the, classic uh, roller coaster just a classic <laughs> classic exactly. classic that, roller coaster meme that fits the most sense makes the most sense but yeah that that's the uh the orange pill that i came up with this time Maybe we could tell Bob to uh, to build an amusement park in Africa. That'd be sick, yep. like a like a Disneyland in Africa. Yep, that'd be sick. That'd be wow. sick. And your admission has to be through Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. So I see where Scott went. What direction he went with his? Uh, mine would be a bit more controversial, but the the reason why is I understand how much influence this person has. I understand that uh, they did an interview once and when asked about Bitcoin, they said that I love the dollar. Okay. Um, this individual got into NFTs fairly recently for all the wrong reasons. Um, but considering where we are with the, with the climate, the political climate, I understand why this would be uh, controversial, but I would say Donald Trump. I would say Donald Trump for the sole purpose that the number of individuals that he knows that are in places of power, the number of individuals that he knows that are legacy bankers and financial institution guys, if they would lead the charge with maybe putting a Bitcoin standard somewhere here in the United States, then that would springboard our global adoption, uh, I feel, in a, in a much faster way. Um, but if we can get an individual like that, that has a lot of eyes and ears for better or worse uh, around the world, I think it will truly uh, make a, hopefully a positive, positive uh, change. So that's with me just thinking in the last 30 seconds, I would say Trump. All right. Well, worry not. There's no wrong answer. So that that's the beauty of the question. It's a tough one, but there is no wrong answer. So you don't have to worry. All right, guys. Yeah. Where can where can people find you? What what's the best way to reach out to either one of you for all of the plebs that are listening that uh, that want to connect? I think we all have, like Yusuf, I touched on earlier, saying Mono, our, our DMs are open everywhere. So um, from our side of things, uh, myself on Twitter, Scott M. Sibley, um, or, or Shamari is uh, Play Shamari on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to find us, or just go to the website, shamory.com. And that's also where you can uh, purchase a chamois or a book or a game for yourself. Or I'll put one last uh, call out there. If you're a whale or a company out there and you want to support this, you know, come buy that bundle. Uh, get these in the hands of the kids in Africa. I want I want Yusuf to have to you know buy a whole plane to be able to, <laughs> to fly on Africa. <laughs> we got so many of them. <laughs> That'd be yeah, the dream. Yeah, reach out. You know, I, I don't think there's a message that goes unread. So through the website or through social media, you can you can find me. And us. Um, so on Twitter, the foundation's handle is at built with BTC. 
Uh, our website is builtwithbitcoin.org. Um, we're very much engaged with our community of donors as well as the community of those that we serve. Um, so um, any comments, messages, um, feedback, or just overall, you know, wanting, wanting to support that way of raising awareness of our work is extremely important to us. For me personally, at Yusuf BWB, um, I try to, you know, chronicle uh, uh, my journey as much as I possibly can, sharing the people that I've been able to meet on the ground. And one of the craziest things that I've been able to find out through my travels, regardless of what country I'm going to, there's like a Bitcoiner there. So I always try to post right before I go into like a new country. Uh, if there are any Bitcoiners there and I've never been disappointed with meeting up with some folks and, uh, and, and then being willing to meet with me as well. So that's very exciting. Um, so either way, you know, reach out to us. We're always here and uh, very much looking forward to, uh, to connecting with everyone. So thank you again for the opportunity. And a, a, a shameless, a shameless shill uh, for Orange Pillap. Make sure you sign yourself up to Orange Pillap. So when you do land in that country, if nobody's answered your tweets, you just open up the app and it tells you who's who's your closest person, and you can just direct DM them and um, get get to meet up. It's uh, it's brilliant Love way it. of meeting people. And on that, actually, that uh, I guess brings up a, another. I know Orange Pillap was doing the uh, the fundraiser or the the donation to send the books to Congress. That's right. Recently, yeah. So, Orange Pill app. Um, you know, let's let's get these chamois in the hands of the kids. You know, do the same sort of thing. Or you know, you want to donate some books as well. We got the books. We got the games. We can make it all happen. So, Orange Pill app team, we're we're ready to hear from you. Good to go. Let's make it happen. All right, guys. It's been a great rip. Thank you so much, Scott, for for setting this up and coming back on, and for everything you're doing in the Bitcoin space. Looking forward to seeing you for sure in Miami, Yusuf. Great to meet you uh, and learn about everything that you've achieved and and what you guys are looking to achieve is is huge. So hope to see you there. If not, I will see you in Prague. So let's uh, let's you know find some time, grab a beer together, and uh, you know talk the good talk of Bitcoin. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Daniel. All right, guys. Take Thank care. you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Scott and Yusuf. If you want to find out more about this project, go to either of their websites. Go to shamory.com. Go find the tab for the uh, the Waterwell uh, project and go to builtwithbitcoin.com. Order those plushies. And like they said, everything, every order that you uh, that, that you can you know, afford, they are going to uh, donate towards this incredible project and go meet them in Miami like I said at the beginning of the show if you are in town and you are able to go and and buy one of those plushies as a gift speak to Scott in person find out if there's any other way that you might be able to uh, to add value and uh, and help the project who knows Uh, I know this community as regular listeners do is absolutely incredible and Projects like this are going to touch uh, everybody's hearts, warm warm our hearts, and, and hopefully we can uh, make a huge difference here as a community. So thank you guys for everything that you are doing, and thank you for both for coming on. Uh, right, that's it, guys. Thank you so much as well for listening. Whatever you are doing to support the show, if you're listening via fountain and streaming some sets, that is much appreciated. Sharing or leaving reviews, whatever it is, like uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Come see me 
at one of these conferences. Like uh, like I've been talking about, the social layer of Bitcoin is very important. That's why I really enjoy working with the Orange Pill app team. Download that app. You will have to pay for it. It's $2.99 a month. Give it a go. See if you can connect. See if you can find that signal. Who are the Bitcoiners in your town close to you? Who can you go and meet? Who can you start a business with? How can we all work together and push this forward? Get to these conferences. Probably too late to FOMO into Miami at this point. But if you are in Europe, BTC Prague is going to be in June. You can use the code BITTEN for 10% discount, as you know. And Liberty in Our Lifetime is a Free Cities Foundation conference put on in the middle of October. Prague is such a great town. Lots of Bitcoiners are propping up there. And uh, yeah, I look forward to meeting all of you guys in June and October. If you come to the Liberty in Our Life con- Life Liberty in Our Lifetime conference, that's a mouthful, uh, you will get a 10% discount if you use the code BITTEN. Same for BTC Prague in June. And you, you'll get to experience something slightly different. It's not a full-on Bitcoin conference. It's about parallel structures. There's a bunch of Bitcoiners there, but you get to rub, sh- rub shoulders with many other people from other freedom-focused groups. Make sure you're stacking. You can use Swan Bitcoin, Coin Corner, Relay, and Hodl Hodl. They've all got you covered with education and with the ab- availability to buy Bitcoin. And you can also up your privacy using wasabiwallet.io. Simply download it, create a wallet, and start educating yourself about privacy and CoinJoin and whether this is a service that you want to look further into. Then you can get yourself the hardware wallet that you need. The Bitbox02 by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten and use the code bitten. Keep those sats safe. Please, guys. Very safe. All right. Catch you soon. Catch you at one of the conferences. Thanks for listening and take care.